Hello, and welcome to episode 41 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanza. With me, forever and always, the man, the myth, he's not a co-op, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I almost tore off a fingernail opening this. <laughs> I really expected you to get into a, an argument with me that, or repeat I'm that. I'm not a fucking co-op. <laughs> On this week's episode, John Krasinski goes from almost captain to director. Ernest Klein 2 gains momentum. Some buzz around Rogue One reshoots. All before diving into our flick of the week, The Departed. But first, Al, what are we... <laughs> yes! I got you to choke! <laughs> but first, what are we drinking? <laughs> um, we are drinking Lord Hobo's Brewing Company, Consolation Prize, Double India Pale Ale. It's always a winner. Also, oh. I like that up top it says, Lord Hobo Brewing Company... Proudly presents right. a double India Pale Ale named Constellation Prize. <laughs> this whole this whole can is contradictory. <laughs> In what way? Constellation Prize. Proud to present it. Okay, fair. Always a winner. Not how Constellation Prizes work. <laughs> well, no, everyone's a winner because you're getting a Constellation Prize. All right. Even though you're a loser, you're still getting a prize. So you agree you are a loser. Not you, per se. But... Be clear here. <laughs> awesome. Let's give this, this sucker a taste. Cheers. Oh, that's okay. nice. Very good. Very good. Ooh. What's, what's going on in there? You know, I'm trying that's to figure that out. There's... <clears throat> what? Is that grapefruit, but used in a different way? No, not that I can tell. No, there's... um. Trying to see if I can get the hops from just the aroma because it's a smell that I recognize very well. But I'm a little Chinook, maybe? You're a Chinook. Centennial? Apollo? I'm cheating a little bit because those are both very common uh, American IPA hops. But right. Just cal- yeah. calling out ones that cover like <laughs> the majority of the stuff out there. I like it. I like the approach. Well, no, but also like I, I do recognize the smell. I'm just struggling to identify it mm. specifically. It's a very tasty. Uh, it is. I, also, kind of a little bit of a creamy mouthfeel. Mm. I'm getting a little bit of a bitter finish. Well, that that's pretty pretty normal. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was surprised by that creaminess though for an IPA. That's not. Typical, but you can kind of see it in the head as well. It's got mm-hmm. a nice frothy head to it, small bubbles. Um, this is from Woburn, Massachusetts. So, perfect choice, Anthony. That's for great. Our, I knew it. Uh, I did this on purpose. <laughs> Accidentally on purpose. Ah, uh, what a gem. <laughs> it's, uh, this beer is a 9.5% alcohol. Uh, it came in a pint, of course. Naturally. Um, yeah, I really like this beer. You know what? I'm going to... I'm just going to be upset when any beers that we have going the forward don't come in pints. Oh. What's that? You know what? It's funny. I think you just cut out entirely, so I didn't know you were talking there for a second. You appeared yeah, to be back Yeah, I was going to say, that was, that was pretty rude. You just cut <laughs> off like what I was saying there. <laughs> what I'm curious about is if your sound made it through to the recording and cut from my headphones or just didn't make it at all because... In one scenario, I sound rude, and in the other, it's you. <laughs> well, at the I'm risk of hoping it's myself, the latter. <laughs> at the risk of repeating myself, I said, um, 
9.5% alcohol by volume. Came in a pint. Um, it has a pretty good balance. It is on the bitter end of the scale because it should be. It's a double IPA. But it's not overwhelming. It's not punching you in the face. So that's good. This is very drinkable for such a strong, um, imposing beer. So It's mm-hmm. quite the consolation prize. Yeah, I would... Um, more than that, it's just it's just a prize. I enjoy it. You know, I was looking in the fridge out of the uh, the beers that we have left from your last uh, your last beer run. As beer runs, we should probably make like a, a one off episode every every so often on those when you actually pick these out. Just I'm just gonna like well I can, maybe I can record like my thoughts as I'm doing it or something like that. Right, but like, yeah, it's like vlog style, so just like hold the camera up as you're in the store. It'd be so obnoxious. It's also it's it'll just be like a stream of consciousness type thing too, because I know that if you were to just put your your thoughts out there <laughs> vocally, <laughs> it would. No, everyone in the store would hate me. Everyone listening would probably hate me. Uh, it would take twenty minutes, and at the end of it, we're only going to get like six beers. Right. Uh, people are going to be very unimpressed with my process. <laughs> <laughs> this one looks pretty. My process what? would be fine. <laughs> um. So what I was saying, I, I go into the fridge. I think we have, we probably have three left now, or I think we have three more after this. Yeah, more. Uh, we've been doing pints for a while now. Yeah, well, part of it is the Jacks Abbey are all in pints, so yeah. So I'm going to be very disappointed when we get when we get lower in volume. <laughs> well, that um, the ballast point is a twelve ounce, right? Yeah, so is the uh, the two roads that we have up there. That's right. Little sneak preview of some of the beers coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean that's not a lot of information. <laughs> just some. I'm just saying it's you know, a little sneak peek, a little tease. What to watch for? If you guess the beer and message us correctly before we do it, you get a gold star. You get my specially recorded beer run. <laughs> just you, just that one person. Yes. You actually just call that person while you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so give me your phone number. I will call I you. I like that. And I will take you through my trip to the beer store. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, this is this is a good one. Um, have you had any other beers from these folks? No. Um, I forget what my process was for getting this. Because it's like a month ago now. And it was part of me buying those like six or seven beers that I brought hmm. down to you the last time I saw you. Sorry, audience. I'm going to try and project a little bit better because I received some constructive criticism that without having my own dedicated microphone, at times it sounds like I'm rather far away. So. (laughs) Does it help that I drop things and make all the noise? (laughs) It looked intentional from here. Uh, I'm going to try, despite the fact that I'm not... um, Oh, was that good name? Clay Henry? Was that was that the name of that famous orator from the, like, the Founding Fathers? You will try and project for the whole like hour and a half or two hours or three hours or however long we're on line here. That works. I probably won't succeed. <laughs> no, you, it's it's fine. We're we're just gonna be like. Do you remember that scene from Family Guy where they were making fun of all the mobster movies? Mm-hmm. And it was the distracting trumpet was the name of the movie. <laughs> yes, and then the yes. trumpet music in the background. <laughs> and the trumpet music just keeps getting slowly louder and louder. It's like the annihilation. And the guy song. is trying to give instructions to his henchmen. And he's starting to get louder because he's trying to talk <laughs> over the trumpet. 
It's like full on screaming at the guys at the table, and none of them can hear. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm uh, I, I'm interested to see what other what other beers these folks have. We'll have to check them out. Um, shall we dive in? Sure. So the first story on my list here is a little uh, little thing I found about John Krasinski. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. You might. I know you you follow the superhero news probably a little closer than I do. Um, I do. More, most of the specific things you follow. I, I follow like the broad spectrum. <laughs> yes. Um Were you aware that he was in the running to be Captain America? Uh, that does sound familiar, yes. Like, but close. Like, to the point of rehearsals and dress type thing. Or um, auditions and costumes. I know they were, like, negotiating with him. I didn't realize that he actually was in doing, like, pre-production stuff, though, no. So, it's funny because this little article I read, it's added to the Flipboard magazine that we have. Um... I'm not going to get too deep into it. It's just a cool concept. Like he, the fact that he didn't do that allotted him these other opportunities, and he's been doing a lot of stuff behind the camera. It sounds like producing and now directing with this horror movie that has it's coming out. The The Quiet Place, it's called, I believe. A Quiet Place. A yes. Quiet Place. Um, I was not interested in the movie. I was curious, but not interested. Um, I am a little bit more curious now because of this little story and i'm just i want to see what he does uh because he's getting some recognition for the work that he did in this movie and like um apparently it stands out in the horror genre so i'd like to see where it goes it's funny the way you describe that because i think that's probably the perfect way to sum it up the way i've been thinking about it is it's one of those movies where when i heard about it and saw what it's all about i was like wow that's a really really cool idea i have no interest in watching it right it's one of those things that, like, academically, I think is really cool. Like, the idea of how can we convey you this thing without words? How can we do this whole movie without silence? And then I was like, that sounds like such a fucking chore to watch. Right. Like, it, I love the idea, and I don't actually want to, have to sit down and spend two hours watching it. Yeah, it's like, this sounds like the recipe for something that I'm not actually going to enjoy. But, yes. that being said, I am curious... Which means it's going to win Best Picture because that's... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Goddamn Phantom Thread can be nominated. Yeah. So can this. <laughs> well, I was thinking more like The Artist or something like that. <laughs> still I'm still hurting from that one. Anyway, I, I like him. I don't even... I, never, I didn't watch The Office. I have seen him in a handful of things here and there. But I've always... I always kind of liked his presence on screen, so I'm I'm I am curious about this movie. I'm more curious now, um, having heard this. So I'll probably see it when it gets released too. What do you say now? Do you say Blu-ray? Do you say digital? I still want to say home video, but that's not it. See, I usually cop out and I say whenever it makes it to HBO. Ooh, nice, nice. That's a that's that's a safe bet. HBO. All right. Yeah. Because well, I'm not going to spend a cent on this movie that I don't really want to watch. Sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, part of me wants like if he's if he did this good of a job from what I'm reading. Um, part of me wants to go just to just to throw my ten bucks in the ring. But <laughs> uh, whatever. I'll, I'll probably 100, wait. Hundred percent of me does not want to spend ten bucks on this movie. I could movie pass it. That doesn't count anymore. I now have to see a movie twice if I want to make sure they get my money. <laughs> you know what? Plot twist. Al's Nuggets is happening now, whether you like it or not. Al's Nuggets. They're inbound. Al's, Al's Nuggets. 
is about Movie Pass. Oh, we're flipping the whole script around. Today. I like it. Last week, we, if you guys are listening, the Hold end of the episode, I read our outro because Anthony's computer was dying. Yup. <laughs> and now I'm taking over the Movie Pass notes. Nice. What do we movie got? Movie Pass is now covering all AMC theaters after Winter Feud. Huh. I thought you were about to tell me it no longer works. <laughs> I was going to be like, damn it. No, because I we've talked yeah, about it for a long time. I've been interested in the idea of it. I want to get it, but I have the theaters that are close to me are mostly smaller ones. There are two AMC theaters that are both like 40 minutes away from me. Mm. So when I saw, I was like about to go and get movie pass, and then I saw that, that they were feuding with them, and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to end up getting it, and then that's when AMC's not going to work, and these little theaters aren't going to end up taking it. I'm going to spend this whole subscription on something I can't use. So I said, fuck it. And then it turned out that they only ended up closing 10 locations of AMC, mostly in like, in like cities like New York City, Boston, San Diego, uh, Washington, D.C., and Los Angeles. So they, they closed it on 10. Movie Pass told us back in January that it pulled less than 2% of AMC's locations because the chain didn't want to collaborate with the monthly movie ticket service. Movie Pass was seeking a cut of concessions and ticket sales as it drove business to AMC's venue. Sorry, I just realized that the little um, picture in picture that uh, you're in is covering some of the text here. <laughs> so I'm struggling I'm to read it. Inside your computer, man. <laughs> According to Movie Pass Insider today, the company claims that the kibosh on AMC wasn't so much a ban, but rather a test of their consumers' ticket buying habits. Essentially, by turning off the spigot, Movie Pass got to see how that impacted movie or traffic to other competitors and claims that they saw a spike in overall business of 23% hmm. in the four days following the AMC block. So, in the wake of MoviePass landing an exhibition agreement with Landmark Theaters, talks have not resumed with AMC about them trying to get a cut. We understand the talks have not resumed, but MoviePass is hopeful. This was from a story on Deadline. Interesting. Um, that's cool. I, You're going to get stuck in a weird spot, though. Your AMC theater is not very close, from what I remember, unless there's a closer one than the one we went to. Uh, no, I guess that one's like 40, 45 minutes away, and the other one's like 30 minutes away. So you'll probably be fine during the week, but you do need to buy the tickets in person. Okay. And if you're trying to see a movie like opening weekend or opening week, you might get screwed. Doesn't matter. You don't care. That's fine. No, I mean a lot. The, the only ones that I've been doing on openings like that have been with with you. Sure. Um. So. Well, I don't understand why. Don't, why don't they just add like turn that feature on? You know, like let us let me let me buy the ticket online. Let me let me use my card through the theaters. I mean, all it does, all you, the way that it works, if you haven't used it already or you didn't get it just yet, right? You're just no, I haven't. No, I just saw the story today. So. Okay. So all you do is you get the you get the card, you get the app. And you have to, you know, you activate your card through the app, all this good stuff. When you're at the theater, you check in and you check in for the time of the movie that you want. And your card turns on for 30 minutes. And then okay. you can buy the ticket. But you have to buy it there. Uh, it says, like, you can't check in unless you're within 10 miles or something like that of the theater. Oh. So I guess I could do it, like, I can activate it, like, on the ride over? It seems that way. But at the same time... I just like if you can why not why not just let me activate it because all you end up doing is you swipe the card through the kiosk you you're using it like a regular credit card um my phone should be muted yeah i heard that it's, it's, it is it is muted to be clear <laughs> so i've got some concerns um, <laughs> um 
Um, <laughs> oh, no, the sound turned back on. That's creepy. Uh, so I just like, can't you just turn that on? Like, can't, if you're just authorizing me to make a purchase in a window, can't I just purchase it through an app? Probably not because then you have to deal with the transaction fees through Fandango or whatever. Um, I'm suggesting that you only are able to do it at the theaters if the theater has a a purchase plan. Like not even not not even through Fandango. Like Cinemark, we go to Cinemark for the theater over here. You could buy tickets through their app. Oh, okay. See, I've never used that, so I didn't know yeah. they have their own. AMC single. has their own app. Do they? Because I know that I've gone to buy AMC tickets online before, and it like set, it like ran me through one of those sites. Oh no, they have they definitely have their own deal. But it was like a while ago because I don't. It's not offensive to me to buy a ticket at the box office. Like, I don't care unless I'm buying a midnight show or something. Like that, I don't. Yeah, I mean that's. I guess that's the only thing. I I still get my money's worth. I still buy tickets. Like I still like, like Ready Player One. I really wanted to see it Saturday night, and I wasn't near the theater. And like you can buy. So that's the other thing. You can buy them in advance if you go like earlier and like say like I want to buy it for three days from now. Yeah, I think you can do that. You just have to specify the time and the. It's a weird thing, but. I, I would prefer to be able to just do that from here and not have to go to the theater. Because I, I, I normally buy my tickets in advance because I, I know when I'm going to go. I know that it's an assigned seats theater, so I can't wait to the last minute to do it. Okay. I don't know. That makes sense. Uh, that's only the case for me when I go to AMC. If I go to the local theater, seats aren't assigned. So that's what I'm saying. Sure. There's not really any impetus on me to, to buy it online. I don't have to. I can take care of that transaction in three minutes at the theater. Like it doesn't, it's, right, not, it's not offensive right. for me to buy it on site. Like it just doesn't, it's not really saving me any time, really. That's fair. I I guess it's just, it's just theaters like that. Because even even a, a movie that's been out for a while, every, you know, you catch it on the right day and it's, it's full just because there's not a, a crap load of seats for the assigned seated theaters because they're already, you know, th- there's less space for seating, which I really like. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, it comes with this. But honestly, for $10 a month and being able to see a movie a day, like I, I'll i deal with that. Not not overly concerned. You know? That's fair. Uh, other, the other theater by me that I've gone to a couple of times, even with MoviePass, it's only $6 a ticket regularly. <laughs> so it's like I'm not really getting my full, the, the biggest uh, bang for my buck with the MoviePass. But, you know, even even two movies there gets covered. So that's nice, too. Big big fan. Happy to hear that it's extending to AMC. I'm gonna like to. Uh, I'm glad. Are you definitely gonna get it? Uh, yeah, I mean, as long as it's gonna do this, as long as I'm gonna uh, maintain that relationship, I guess I'll get it. That was. I was just worried that that this whole feud between them was just gonna end with them dropping it completely. I guess technically that still could happen, but sure. Uh, because MoviePass really wants to get in and get a piece of that um, right. concession money. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I don't know what it's gonna like. I'm curious how the the mom and pop stores feel about it. Well, that was the other thing is because that's most of the time I go to the local ones. But without having with having the specter of the AMC thing over hanging over it anyway, I haven't bothered looking into whether the mom and pop ones will take it. Mm -hmm. If AMC's in the clear, then I'll go online and see if it works with those. but like the the one I go to is is cheaper than those, you know what I mean? So in the yeah. end, like like it's definitely if it works, it's worth it. It's just like it's less compelling than it would be. Yeah, I I've actually considered canceling my movie pass just to get the the Cinemark one because I actually like what they're doing. It's eight nine eight ninety nine a month for one ticket, 
and a pretty significant discount on concessions. And every other ticket you buy is also at that rate. So you, you don't pay full price for tickets. Well, I know you like their um, whole thing they had with like the earning the points with the phone off and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that. I do that every time. I love that. So tying that all up together would be pretty nice, considering that's my theater of choice. Yeah. But, uh... Well, it's only, like, eight minutes from your house, too, so... Right, it's great. It's it's my absolute favorite. <laughs> I love it. Um, I also think your tickets roll over. Not not certain about that. So, like, if you didn't go one month, I think you can carry that to the next one, which would be oh, really nice. sweet. Um, which, during the uh, the dry months of movies, is could be a nice thing to have, because otherwise your Cinemark 10 bucks is gone... Whereas this one, you can see two movies next month. Yeah. You know? Cool. Well, um, we'll have to see. We'll see if... Uh, I, I'm still considering doing it because it's funny. Like, part of, I, I love that theater and I want to support them in any way I can. So that's <laughs> that's part of the reason why I would like to... I'm thinking of canceling my movie pass and just moving to that. But I, I, don't, I don't have a problem. Like, I don't have a problem not having a membership like this. Like, I will pay full price to go see a movie. I won't pay... Okay, hang on. I won't pay $14 anymore. Like, I'm done with that. It's, that's really annoying. I'm glad that the theater by me is not like that. But every when it would go up $2 a year for a while there, it was just a little ridiculous. Yeah, for a long time, it was like... It's like 7 bucks by me. Yeah. Which really wasn't that bad. No. It's great. It's great. T- Tuesdays, it's 5 bucks. So, love that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you always have the matinee or the it was like the once a week that was like the like the, the Tuesday nights or whatever. So. Yep. yep. It's great. Sweet. Um. So that's Al's nuggets, huh? Any any other nuggets for us? Uh. Hopefully next week I'll have a microphone for our recording. Oh, that's a nugget. That's <laughs> a nugget. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've had enough times now where people have reached out to me and told me that. At times, garbage. it seems like it's completely like random too. Because we had episodes where I feel like it's come out fine, and others where it hasn't. So, uh, I think I basically got the same microphone you got. Um, so I know that's like a legit one. It's well reviewed, stuff like that. Um, I just have to make sure I have headphones that work with it because I'm not gonna be able to leave the the audio on my computer. That will cause all sorts of feedback. <laughs> you just need any headphones. Yeah. Well, Sweet. I just I never put a big premium on having headphones. Like, you have really nice, like, noise-canceling headphones. Yeah. I have like, earbuds, and, like, sometimes only one ear works, so. Fair. fair. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Like, um, it's, like the, it's like the standard ones that come, like, with an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's just it's just for you to monitor the sound anyway. Um, there's a... Well, no, it'll be for me to hear you as well, well that's, because... That's true. That's true. I have to turn... I have the speakers on my computer, and you can't hear that feedback on... You'll be my. able to hear it. It's gonna be great. <laughs> You're gonna sound fantastic. And on the, on top of that, uh, another listener of the show is interested in doing some editing. So maybe if he wants in on this, we'll actually record the track separately and put them on, and you know, do some work, some magic to really clean it up nice, rather than, than just recording the Skype call. So oh, that stuff's way above my pay grade, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's way above my interests. So <laughs> that's why I'm like, hey, if, if you, <laughs> we'll see. Damien, I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, it's way above your interest to physically do. It's way above my pay grade to speak on and like consider what would go into doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, maybe we'll sharpen the show up a little bit. Get some, 
get some nice, uh, maybe get some sound effects. Hey, huh? episode forty-one. It's one step at a time, man. Let's. Hey. Let's. We can. We can have a microphone for me. We can sharpen, tighten. All right, tight, tight, tight. just <laughs> tight. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that. I just love that. Uh, so moving on. Next story. Next story. We're done here. Uh, Rogue One reshoots. Uh, quick. This is not a not a not a big story here. Um, read a small article about how there were some significant. It sounds like there were some significant reshoots on Rogue well, One. That, part, right? that was pretty well. It was but, like four weeks of it. Right. But like reading this, it was like the reason behind it being like the person that did the reshoots saying like it was a mess <laughs> and it needed the reshoots. I am very curious what this means for Solo. Well, I already gave you that story last week or two weeks ago. We talked about that on air. How the reshoots for both, for Rogue One? I don't think we talked about that. No, no, for Solo. Well, I know there's been reshoots for Solo. And I know how the reshoots went down. I'm just curious if it's indicative of like, this is is going to be, it's going to come out nice and polished and be a solid movie. I'm I'm really hoping it is. But well, it sounds like it may have been even more significant with Solo than with Rogue One. Well, it had to be because they out and out fired the directors, whereas in this one they just brought on another guy to give some outside perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that Tony Gilroy did a very substantial amount of work too. I guess, I'm guessing, right. but four weeks is a lot less than like four months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Also, it sounded like. They just needed to fix the ending, which you can see because there was shit in the trailer that didn't make it to the movie, like substantial narrative things that didn't make it. And that's basically what he said in his story. Spoiler alert for Rogue One, guys, that movie came out almost 18 months ago. (laughs) Um, He basically said, listen, your problem is everyone needs to die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So that was this guy. So this guy came in and he made the the cutthroat decisions that needed to happen. Well, that's what it was because you hear hard stories um, in the production of that movie. And I don't want to go into this too far because we tried on this ground, but where they basically said, hey, we don't want to kill everyone off if we don't have to, but eventually we got to a point where we realized we had to. That's what Tony Gilroy said. He's like, I don't have reverence for Star Wars. It's not my, it wasn't my thing. I came in to do a job, and I looked at what they had, and they had a lot of really good stuff, but their sticking point was everyone needed to die. You're not getting that this is a story of sacrifice, hmm. and everyone needs to be sacrificed to make it work, and it did. That's what made the movie work. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's funny that you say that, um, or that they said that, because I felt like that was the intention from the beginning. Because I, I, as we talked about in when we did our Rogue One episode, I felt like they kept me at an arm's length distance from feeling for most of the characters, so that when they went, it, it just didn't destroy me as a human. <laughs> well, that was the thing is they they have to make you feel it. You have to feel like the sacrifice was necessary and earned, which I think you did. But yeah, if they let you fall in love with the characters. You would not have been able to endure yourself to the pain and you would have been curled up for the rest of the week as if you had lost like your best friend. <laughs> I still, I really want the, like, I really want this. I want someone to make a movie like a super realistic, like action flick where it just like everything goes wrong in the first five minutes and the lead dies and the, the movie ends. Like that would just be if somebody got that through on screen and then like somehow finagled it so like the runtime was wrong on everything that it was posted at. Or maybe it runs with a black screen for like another hour and a half after that just so that just it like can get violin music playing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be amazing. And I think I would 
there would be a standing ovation on my part for, did, for that. Didn't we make a joke about that with Rogue One? In the I don't even know. Coming up? We might have, but I want that. Or on our episode. It's, it's crazy it's, to think about this. It was over a year ago, but I think we made a joke about that in our episode. Very, like, very possible. I like mean, it's something that I've always thought. It's all just a fucking, like, mind game, and we're just going to get there, and, like, they're all just going to die. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. So, anyway, you know, solo. We'll see what happens there. We're not far away. Nope. We've only got a, a few time. episodes before it comes before it comes to the ears of our listeners. It's a true fact. Right? It's a weird way to put it. I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> Next thing on my list here. Ready Player One, success. So, Armada is great, gaining traction, and I'm really happy about that. Really? Yes. So, Armada, um, it was already in talks. Like People were trying to get rights for it early on, like before the book was even out, similar to Ready Player One. Uh, optioned by Universal in 2012, three years before the novel was even published. Um, anyway, this movie or this book is really fitting for the screen because it's like a whacked out Independence Day. Um, maybe not with the charm of Jeff Goldblum, but it's it it's a really fun story and it also mixes the, all of the pop culture references, similar to Ready Player One, but instead of instead of the book being a pop culture reference, they're just in there, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's, it's a really fun story. And I really, I, I really hope this goes through and gets made. The only thing that I had concerns with um, was, let me see if I could find him again. But the, the writer of the script worked for on Armada? two, what'd you say? For Armada or for Ready Player One? For Armada. Screen run, screenwriter Dan... Mazeu? M-A-Z-E-A-U. Okay. Uh, previous things that he's worked, he's worked on, Wrath of the Titans. So that's a... Uh, for me. And then the other thing was Flash before it was... when it um, Back when it was initially titled Flashpoint. And God only knows. Uh, so <laughs> I'm a little... Back when it was initially They only like, just announced that this week that they, they pulled that title. I thought that was a while ago that they talked about that. I don't think so. Huh. I just saw something about that a couple days ago. I think that's new. It's concerning that it's still a thing at all, Al. That's what I... I saw something about that this week, cause, and I don't want to beat this dead horse that we've beaten. Like, so this is your DCEU cast. <laughs> um, Fuck yeah, you. <laughs> I just, like, I have, like, this, like, heavy exhale every time, which is just, like... I don't want to talk about it anymore, but they keep making me. They keep pulling right. me back in. Right. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. No, my problem is they haven't just put it out of its misery yet. And I just saw something like it was like a title of like a, a news article. It was like like something along the lines of like the like Flash movie, which is no longer going to be titled Flashpoint, um, throws further into doubt future of DCEU. I was like, what future? It's dead. Right. It's dead. Let it be dead. <sighs> anyway, that's that's it. It sucks because that's like the first thing when I saw that I was like, oh no! Don't anybody that will continue to stay attached to these movies is probably making other poor decisions. <laughs> that's why I'm worried. No, they just already did their deal with the devil, and they did a three or four three or four film uh, contract, and they can't get out of it. <sighs> 
anyway. Well, unless they pull like a Natalie Portman and like throw a fit and just storm off set. Right. Right. Well, let's hope that uh, Armada gets the traction that it deserves because that will be a really fun movie to watch. This, uh, different from Ready Player One, where reading Ready Player One, I was really excited. I was like, I know, I know someone's going to make this a movie. I don't know how well it's going to work, which I ended up liking how it worked out. Um, Armada, while I was watching it, I was like, this is a movie. Like, this is, this is, this feels like the first time I saw Independence Day, which that's a good feeling. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great movie. <laughs> I love that movie. Not the second one as much. <laughs> Never saw it. Yeah, that's all right. It's all right that you didn't see it. Um, I'll still probably get it at some point. I'll pick it up, <laughs> add it to the collection. It's what I do. We, Jeff, we might have it up. Really? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, really excited for Amada, and I hope that that, you know, that comes through. I really think it will, especially after um, the feedback from Ready Player One. I feel like it's just a, it's just going to happen. Wasn't wasn't Armada a game? Armada is a game in the book. I thought it was an actual game too. There, I thought it was basically. Yeah, I thought it was basically like Space Invaders esque. Hmm. I mean, it's a pretty generic word. There probably is a video game named that. I thought there was. You googling it? Doing the googs? Sure am. All right. What do you got? Armada novel. Yep. That's eighteen. 2018 Nissan Armada SUV. That's not it. <laughs> Armada by Ernest Klein. Universal Moving Ahead on Ernest Klein Sci-Fi Armada. Damn is you, uh, as you said it. Um, no, I thought it, you know I thought it was a I thought it was a game. Armada is a video game, no, a video game. published by Metro 3D Inc. It was released for the Sega Dreamcast, and well, that's why nobody remembers it. The Sega Dreamcast died prematurely. Oh, it's an RPG. I thought it was a Space Invaders thing. I thought it was an older game. Hmm. Interesting. I knew it was a thing. The uh, the Dreamcast has a has a rich rich history. If you if you're not if you're not too familiar with it, you should check it out. It's I'm not. I only played one like three times. Yeah. Anyway, cool. So hoping that that uh that all works out and that movie comes out within a few years because that'll be really fun to watch. Moving on, do you have any other any other stories that you want to cover before we move on to our flick of the week? No, I wasn't even going to cover Rogue One because we've talked about that whole situation a lot. Sure, but uh, I was glad that you were interested in it as well. I was really just interested in that basically that one line from Tony Gilroy about no, everyone has to die. This movie is a movie of sacrifice. Yeah, I like that. All right, so our flick of the week is The Departed. Great movie. Now, Al and I decided the other day. We we're hanging out. Uh, out, you were here. Nice. Night. I was there. Went to a concert. Had a good you time. Did. It was. Um, looked at you. Looked at my shelf of movies, and you went to the well. We've gone to the well, and it's okay. It's a place where we're gonna go because we haven't done we haven't done a lot of movies from the well. Well, we've 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 tiptoed around it. We're gonna. Can we just can we just do it? Can can you just make it work that we're going to do Avengers on a Sunday so that we can do the long-awaited long tease Cloud Atlas episode? Ooh. You have three whole weeks Ooh. to catch up. Listen. Three weeks. Just, I have just three pick weeks. A night, just pick a night 
sit down with Kim, watch Cloud Atlas. Let's do our episode finally. All right. Well, and then I have to sit down again and watch one more time. Three weeks. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make this happen. That you know what that gives the listeners sometimes too because I know not not a lot of people have seen this movie. Guys, go see this movie. I think I'm 95 percent sure it's on Netflix right now. Is it? That's cool. I believe so. I bought it. Because friend of the podcast, I haven't rewatched it since. Didn't you buy it like the day I made you watch it? And oh yeah, I ordered it before I left your house. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure. I think you were like, I feel like I remember you saying like, "I'm gonna stop at Best Buy on the way," but like, yeah, no, I I ended up ordering it. There was also like the other time I was at your house. This was before we did the Scott Pilgrim episode, and you were talking the movie up for me. Up to me, and it, while you were talking to me, I had my phone out. I was like, "All right, stop talking. <laughs> I've yeah, ordered it. It'll be shit. here in two days." <laughs> yeah, no, um, uh, yeah, because I believe um, I had been bothering a uh, friend of the podcast, Josh, to um, watch Cloud Atlas. I only recommend it to particular people who I think have the right attitude and aptitude to go in and watch that movie and enjoy it because it's not like it's a chore. It's fucking amazing movie that I, I enjoy the shit out of it. Like, it's not... But it's just, it, you have to commit to watching the movie. If you have not seen it, you have to sit down, you have yeah. to put your phone away, and you have to block out three hours to watch this movie. And it's not boring. You, it never drags. It is in constant motion. Uh, but you just gotta commit to watching the movie. No distractions. You, you do. You can sit down and watch it with someone, tell them to shut the fuck up. If they have something to say, tell them you can pause the movie and you guys can say something. Embrace the movie, immerse yourself in the movie, and you shouldn't regret it. Do yourself a favor and do that with all movies. Yeah, oh, I mean, listen, if you're watching something stupid that's a big blockbuster action movie, you don't got to pay attention 100%. That's true. Do it with anything that's that's a step above action comedy through drama and indie. All of those movie movies has you a lot of ideas, too. okay? It's made by the Wachowskis. If you know anything about them, you know that their movies all have a big idea or big ideas, plural. This movie has a lot to say, and it says it in a lot of interesting ways, and there's incredible, incredible performances in it. Just buy it and watch the movie. It's it's fucking phenomenal. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Josh watched it on Netflix. That was like two, three months ago. So oh, it's definitely it's still there then. That's great. Yeah, check that movie out. I will I will do my best and see it two more times so that we can do this episode. Um, <laughs> but this week's episode is on The Departed. And man, is this a good movie. See, I, I couldn't remember. I know you had the movie. I know you'd seen the movie. I know you said you liked it. But like, you were like, you only seen it a couple times, right? Like once or twice? Oh, no, I've seen it a lot. Oh, I don't know why. Because I, I, I know there's a couple people who like I've talked to about it. And like, oh, yeah, like, I like that movie. I saw it once. And I was like, I couldn't remember if it was you who, like, like you were on board. But it was like, oh, like I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't really remember. So I definitely have to rewatch. I think I may have seen this one twice in theaters. Oh, really? Yeah, I was, I'm, I was on board with this one as soon as it came out. I mean, here's the thing. This movie has just incredible writing. And dialogue. Yes. I mean, though savage, savagely racist <laughs> and yeah. wildly homophobic. Yeah, well, the dialogue it was made, made in 2006 about people from, and I'm sorry if we have any listeners in Boston, but Southie is not exactly filled with a bunch of um, scholars, unless you're watching Google Hunting. 
in which is filled with one scholar. One, another great movie from the well that we should probably go back to and do an episode on. Because, God, I love that movie. Guys, we just talked about Cloud Atlas. This is The Departed. Those are two of my three favorite movies in the world. Mm. And we're going to be doing them in pretty close succession here. Wait, 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 I, wait, 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 wait. In a perfect world. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Cloud, uh, you said Cloud Atlas and The Departed are two of your three favorite movies? Correct. What is your third? Uh, the second Lord of the Rings. Huh. All right. Cool. I'm, I have a, I have a diverse top three. I'm scarred. I really am. I'm <laughs> scarred from that viewing that we had of those extended, those extended versions of it. And honestly, I haven't brought myself to watch it again. Like I see it every once in a while. Like I'll look in my movie shelves, and my eyes will go to the those movies, and I'll be like, nope. <laughs> no, I'll just that go that was what about five years ago? I've seen at least parts of all three of them twenty times since then. God, that was five years ago? Something like that. Holy moly. Anyway. Ugh, I I can't. I'm not yet. Not yet. <laughs> That's all I have to say for that. The departed. If it was on right now, I would turn you off and watch it. That's not true. Um this you movie, <laughs> So I have it over there, and I will pop it right in the fucking disk drive. So what is it about this movie that, that puts it... Actually, okay, here, better question. Your top three, is it like an ambiguous three, like where they rotate on who takes number one? Correct. Okay, so what what earns this movie a slot in that top three? Combination of things. Tremendous cast, mm. which that's true of all three of these movies. Hang on. Well, I'm poised right there. Tremendous cast that works well. Because you can have an ensemble cast, and it doesn't need to mean anything. No, tremendous cast with tremendous chemistry. Yeah. Tremendous direction, tremendous writing. Mm. Those are common factors between all three of these movies. Because other than those things, there's almost nothing in common with those three things. Other than Lord of the Rings and Cloud Atlas both being fantasy, I suppose. Sure. Though certainly one is high fantasy, another one is a more... Modern version of that. Um, but yeah, cast, direction, writing are really the only three things that those movies have in common. Um, they're just all of them so well crafted that I've seen, well, I've seen Cloud Atlas the least of the times, but I've still seen it. Again, if you count just like times where I've seen parts of it, 10 times. This one, probably 50. Lord of the Rings, also probably like 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's almost always something new that I discover or something that I half forgot that I enjoy again about it. Like, it feels fresh even though I know everything that's coming. Yep. There, I, I can immerse myself in each of these movies. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, that's um, true. I, We're going to get to that uh, that immersion. I'm actually going to put that in here for a second. I'm going to write that down because I want to... You know, Anthony... Entire notes is just transcribed from our text conversation last night, where he was just throwing one-liners at me, and that's another one. Actually, again, another thing that makes this one and Cloud Atlas, and I guess to an extent Lord of the Rings as well. There's a lot of one-liners that I just love in this movie. <laughs> there, there really are, especially in this movie, man. There's so many, and I I typed what one 15. one like yeah like ten out of a hundred of them to you. Like yeah no so. Anthony has notes, I suppose. I have zero notes. I'm just winging this. I didn't get a chance to rewatch it last night. Like I said, I've seen the movie a whole bunch of times. I watched five minutes of it like three days ago. Um, or it was a couple days before we decided we were going to do this recording. So maybe it was a week ago. Um, 
I'm just going to react to stuff that Anthony says, and when I come up with stuff, I'm going to bring it up because it's one of those things where I I have so much about this movie that it's too much. It's like paralysis by analysis. <laughs> right. I okay. Here's a question for you. So I have this. I had this thought while I was watching it last night. Uh, you have, you know, our older genres of movies. Like there was a there was a stretch where we had like the mafia movie, right? Yeah. That's part of what makes this movie work. This is a two thousands mafia movie. I guess so. It's evolved. It's not just the mafia. It's the you know it's the uh, the cops side of the cops side of it. Yeah, that's something well. I said to you. Why, why, why this movie in particular was compelling to me is usually a mob movie, a mafia movie, whatever. You only get that side of it, and you end up kind of rooting for it. Those guys, because you know they're the ones that you see, even though you really shouldn't be rooting for them. Right. Um, and this one, and you know, the cops are usually portrayed as being dicks or being incompetent. Um, they're they're clowns. They're they're plot pieces more than characters. Mm-hmm. And in this case, we get. About a 50-50 split between the good and the bad, and we become ingrained in the stories of the key players on either right. side. Right, and that's, and that's what uh, I mean. It's not your your typical one-dimensional mafia movie. It's a it's a modern version of those yep. movies where it's a much more even telling of the whole story. Um, also, it's based on it's it's in some part it's an Americanized and modernized version of this. Was based on. A Japanese, I think, or Chinese story. Oh, really? Yes, it's adapted in some way. I forget exactly what the, the property was adapted from. Hmm. It's fairly loosely adapted, but the plot points hit fairly closely, from what I understand. That's cool. I'd be interested to know a little bit more about that. Uh, the I, I'm trying. It's funny. I, this movie's been out for a very long time, so I'm there's there's things that we can talk about without worrying about spoilers, which is what I'm trying to do here. Uh, and ah, screw it. You know what? It's been long enough. The movie you've came seen, out 12 years ago. You've seen the movie or or you don't care. So this will make you care if you haven't already. So let, let's start... before, before we keep going on, it's, adapt, it's an adapted version of um, a movie called Internal Affairs. It's a... I don't want to get this wrong... I believe a Chinese or yes, uh, it was made in Hong Kong. Okay. Uh, with an all like Chinese cast, like, uh, and the guy who I guess wrote and direct that was also has a writing credit in the departed. Oh, interesting. That's really cool. It's Alan Mock. I'd love to see the, uh, the Two guys, sorry, Al- Alan Mock and Felix Chong, uh, both have writing credits in this movie as an adaptation of their 2002 movie. That's awesome. translates to internal affairs. I'm gonna see if I could uh, if I could pick that up. I'd love to check that out. I'm guessing uh, you probably could. Yeah. So let's let's lift the veil then, because you know spoilers from here on out, so that we don't have to worry about it. The one of the things that works really well, and what makes I just I didn't it didn't really strike me until yesterday when I was watching it again. Uh, the relationships in the movie are incredible. So I have a handful of here, of them written down here, and stop me at any time to talk through, to talk through them. Actually, we'll probably stop on each one of them, but I'm, I'm gonna start at the top of my list here. Okay. Mr. French and Costello. Yes. Work husbands. <laughs> okay. We're gonna start there. 
the like they it's so funny because like the way that like you just you understand that these two characters trust each other till the end. They are with each yeah. other to the end. They don't like there's no question of loyalty. Um, if let's say in the scene where Costello asks for everyone to give them give the social security numbers, if Mr. French was one of them, he wouldn't be offended. He would just do it. Yeah, but he probably but, also but would same, not have been asked. Same token, he would never be asked. Right, right, exactly. Which I, it's just such a cool thing, and I love the scene where he says <laughs> to uh, to Billy, he's like, "I'm the guy that tells you there's guys you can hit, <laughs> and there's guys you can't." Now that's not necessarily a guy you can't hit, <laughs> but it's a guy you almost guy can't hit. hit. <laughs> it's almost a guy. And it's just like that's his like that's his first like real front and center scene, right? Mm-hmm. That's a I mean that's a great intro to the character. Yes. Like and I, no, the intro to the character is the great intro to the character where he just like creepily like leans in next to him <laughs> while he's sitting at the bar. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, you know what? Let me take that back. That's not the first time we see him. The first time we see him is when they, him and uh, Costello take the, the the Italian guy and his wife. I don't remember if they had their names. If they said who they who they were, out and like they kill them both. And when Costello shoots the girl, he laughs and he goes, <laughs> "She fell funny." Yeah, and he goes. <laughs> You should really see somebody, <laughs> and like that, I guess that's your intro to this guy. And you, but you don't really recognize him in the context of anything yet until you meet him again in the bar for the first time. Well, we get, I feel like we get several introductions to him because we get that introduction. We get his introduction to Billy, and then we get another introduction to who he actually is when Costello is telling him about him, and we get a flashback to him murdering the shit out of his wife with a garrote. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> but what a, what, what a character. Also, really fun line. You already met my friend over there, Mr. French. <laughs> Is, Is Mr. Really French his really his name? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's great, though. And he's one of those characters where he's he's terrifying, but he's intriguing. So every time he's on screen, you're you're really, really excited to see what happens next, but at the same time, you're guarded because you're afraid of what is going to happen in the scene. Oh, yeah. Like, well, it comes down to, like, the scene where he shoots the guy through the, the soda bottle. Yeah. Like, that's, no, like, we're not going to kill you as he, yeah. shoots, as he immediately kills him. Yeah. Like, this guy is, is whacked out. <laughs> but he's he's a fun he's a fun character to watch on screen, though. Character actor Ray Winston. <laughs> Uh, so the next the next relationship I have written down here is Costello and Sullivan, and that's a yeah. father son relationship. Well, here's what's interesting about it: that by itself, not that interesting. But if you flip that and pair it with Queenan and Dignam, also a father son relationship on the other side of the law. That's a great. They're also work husbands. I I thought that at first, but. If you really, if you if you pay attention to it, they have a very close father son relationship, and Dignam is trying to constantly prove himself to Queenan. I guess so. So much so. so. But the thing is, I think of the father son relationship between Queenan and Billy, and I also think of the father son relationship between Costello and Billy, and that's what's so funny is, even though Colin Matt Damon's character doesn't know. That it's Billy who is the who is the the, the rat, and he know, doesn't understand the relationship between the two of them. He said the line to them when he's killing him at the end, right? 
He said, "What is, is that what this is all about? I'm a son to you? He goes, all that fucking and no sons? Yeah. He, he says the whole lot and just getting ready to kill him. Like, yep. <laughs> but he has two sons, and one of them is betraying him, and the other one ends up killing him. Yeah, I can see that. I it Also, I actually had here written down that Billy and Costello is more teacher-protege. But that also mimics a father-son relationship sure. as well. It, it it does, but it doesn't it doesn't remind me the same as like the Costello Sullivan relationship because uh, you know and you get I, it's very it, I feel like that one's like a no brainer right you get that from the beginning when he you see him as a kid you see Sullivan as a kid and yeah. Costello taking care of him and like you know he's gonna bring him up and the the reason why I say the Queen and Dignam thing like as I mentioned Dignam is constantly trying to like prove himself I feel like he's he's acting all tough but he's really putting on a show. For for old pops there, but um, the, you also get the the Queen and Billy father son relationship, but you you get the Dignam Billy brother relationship too. Older brother, yeah. younger brother. He's like a little. He's, like, he's he's kind of a dick to him and pushes him around. But in the end, that last scene is all about what Matt Damon did to his family. Yeah, I guess that's true. The thing is, we there's about one soft moment between. Dignam and Billy when he's freaking out and he's about to get on the plane and it's after he's like pushing him to the ledge as it is mm -hmm. like their relationship is so antagonistic that it's it's even hard to see them you know usually with the the brother thing you see the fighting and then they you know they hug it they hug it out and they make it up they really didn't get that moment at, at all right to feel the brother brother thing yeah it makes me feel like if if we got that, if Dignam wasn't on leave, we would have gotten that if he was in the precinct when Billy came in. That's probably true. And it would have been so nice. It would have been such an awesome thing to see. But it obviously does not play in with the rest of the horrible events that happen at the end of the movie. <laughs> you know, this movie is a tragedy. It's, it's intense. Here's... You know what? Let's let's step back for a second. Out of relationships. Back to immersion. Because this is what I wanted to wait for. Uh, I know what happens at the end of this movie. I've seen the movie enough times. I know exactly how it happens. I know Still exactly shocking every time. Every time it's shocking. Every time, like to the point where it's almost like you're three quarters of the way through the movie, and you're like, "Oh man, he's he's gonna be all right. He's gonna be all right. He's gonna get out of this. It's gonna be fine." Who am I kidding? I know what happens. The movie doesn't <laughs> change. It's not a different version. It's not like I'm a random ending generator. <laughs> like, nope. this is not gonna go. It's not gonna go the way you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Now, as far as big twists go, I mean, you know, Darth Vader being the father is always gonna be the biggest one, and that is a more shocking twist. But I'll tell you what, it wasn't delivered in nearly as shocking a way as Billy getting popped in that elevator. You know what? What really. What really drives that scene home and what really puts you off guard is how off guard he is when it happens. Yeah, it was great having the way that obviously the camera work, right, is where, you know, Oof. if it was done with like a moving thing where, you know, you might have some sense that it was someone showing up. It was just a camera locked in on that position and it doesn't track with him. When he gets shot, he falls out of the picture. And yeah. you don't know who pulled the trigger. You're like... What in the who in the how? Yeah. I'll never forget. It's it, and that's this is great storytelling and it's great cinematography because I I'll never forget the first time I saw it and that's not just because I remember it vividly. It's because every time I see it, I have the same 
it like immediate reaction to the scene as it happens. And it's just that's just you, not, not everyone can do that. Like that's that's talent, man. And truly shocking, you know, you it, it gives you they give you a second to process. Yeah. What's happened even though it's really tough to do the processing of it. And they they leave it long enough that you have a chance to start running through who the fuck could have done that. Right. Like I truly never saw it being Barrington. Mm-hmm. Or Barrington. Because honestly, I kind of forgot he was in the movie. Like, the first time I saw it, kind of forgot that he was a thing. Right. And like we obviously at that time until then didn't know that he was also a mole. But like he seemed so unimportant. Like the first time I saw it, I honestly forgot when when uh, Colin creates his special task unit. I honestly forgot that that was his partner from a couple of years earlier. Oh, really? Like, completely forgot it was the same person. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fair. That's something that you would pick up on in every watch, I guess. Yeah, that's what it was. Once I've re-seen it, like, five more times, I was like, oh, that's still that same dude from the beginning. This makes a little bit more sense. He's always been there in the background. Mm-hmm. And, but, and it's kind of funny because it's... Uh, Anthony Anderson's character was on the other side, same as Billy, where this guy was on the same side as Sullivan. And they they just, they all end up in the same place at the same time, and it's just, oh, man. Dude, when Anthony Anderson's character goes, I'm just like, but, man, that, that didn't have to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> He's always half a step slow. Oh, that poor guy. And it's just... Just trying to so do his really. job, and he was in over his depth. He really, but he didn't even—he didn't even have a clue that he was. He was just trying to do yeah. it. Uh, he didn't even know he, he was, was onto something. He was something. so he out was... of his depth that he didn't realize that that he was out of his depth. Brutal, absolutely brutal. But uh, fairly well. <laughs> yeah, that scene when and then and then friggin' Sullivan kills the other guy, and you're just like, I, I just—it's the same. It's again, it's the same reaction every time I watch this movie. It's like. What is happening? Because <laughs> it, it happens so quick, with just enough time for you to digest each one. <laughs> yes, like just as soon as you're like, okay, I've caught my breath. And, oh God, again! <laughs> and you know what's really great? After that scene, you're like, God, I hope this guy eats it. Yep. Right. And even even again, even though you've seen the movie, you're still hoping that he eats it. And it just it happens in the most satisfying way. But they were this movie, it ends a lot of lives, and it's certainly satisfying to the viewer to see Sullivan get offed by Dignam at the end. Like that's a great scene. Except the two characters that it leaves completely broken by the end of the movie is very sad. Well, him is, and, and uh, Madeline. Yeah. And Madeline's child. And three characters. I apologize. Yeah. Who whose kid is it? Oh, there's literally no way it's not Billy's kid. Right? <laughs> this is the only reason for that scene with them together. Well, apart from like the tastefully done scene where we find out that Colin's having some man troubles right. uh, in bed, uh, that coupled with the fling that her and Billy have and how broken up she is when Billy dies, it seems pretty obvious. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I would agree. I also the other the last two relationships that I had marked down here were Madeline and Sullivan and Madeline and Billy, and how like 
there's actually a connection with her and Billy. With hit with her and Sullivan, it was just that maybe the first date was a connection. It was a, it was cool. It was a fling. It was hot. Whatever. But it doesn't go anywhere after that. But she sticks with it just because it seems like it's the right thing to do. That's not completely fair. You think that they? I don't. I they, there's no chemistry between them after that after that first date. Well, they they definitely poured on thick there. I, don't, I think they did a good job with it, but I mean, like it felt like a real relationship up until the point where Colin starts getting scared. Like she should have run. Like I know she doesn't know what's going on, but she should have run so fucking fast. And from then, I agree. Whoa, the what, what do you mean when he starts getting scared? He starts getting scared, and he says, "What if we just left? Like, what if we just moved oh, to start oh, oh, okay. else?" Gotcha, gotcha. She should have run. I just there's there's these two scenes that mirror each other that are just so well done. The first one is when she moves in with the box, and he sees the picture of her in the box, and he takes it out of the room, and he's like, "We can't hang this up in here." Yeah, and then the scene where Billy's in her apartment and he hangs the picture up on the wall higher so that you can see it. Yeah, and like that's just it's just so perfect. Like there's 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 words in those scenes, but they matter. There's they don't matter at all compared to the like what's happening. Well, see the thing is, I've seen that relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I've I've seen that in real life. That whole that the microcosm of that relationship. What that is that that thing that he says about the picture. It was still real there. It's just shitty, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Also, when we get that scene where her and Billy finally connect there, one of my favorite songs of all time, Comfortably Numb. Mm. Also, love that it's Van Morrison singing it. <laughs> find that, you can find like live versions of that song. Like, it's like such a random thing to be thrown in there, but yeah. I dig it. Yeah, it's, it's it's good. It fits a and obviously obviously fits with, with with what's going on in that scene. Yeah, really well done. Um, I have I have this this really funny. It's just this one note that I have written down here that just says Matt Damon is the worst <laughs> because his character sucks and I hate him, but so necessary and so well written. Like the I love that you have this. It's like these two guys are chasing each other and don't know who they are, but they're so close to each other the whole movie. It's the ultimate cat and mouse game. It's so good. <laughs> I love that. I love the, again, watching it yesterday for like however many times in this is for me seeing this movie, I am like amped up like when they're, when they're right next to each other in the theater. I'm like, Oh my God! They're so close to finding each other. Well, as you know, and as incredible as that whole thing is, like intense, like the fact that it's preceded like five minutes earlier with Jack Nicholson playing with a dildo in a oh porn theater, like, yeah, like what? <laughs> yeah, the movie's got some genuinely funny scenes. I mean, Jack Nicholson is at one hundred and ten percent Jack Nicholson in this movie. Oh yeah, he's, he's Jack Nicholson as he was when he played the Joker. Yeah, without the makeup. Without the makeup, right? <laughs> there's a, and there's one scene in particular where he really shines as, as Sir Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Not British. I know the uh, the rat. The rat. Sequence. Yep. <laughs> yep. When Mr. French and Billy are talking at the table, and he approaches behind Billy, and he's he's got his teeth out, and he's just he's, going, 
He's just making a weird noise. <laughs> then Billy realizes that he's there. Oh, man. <laughs> so the whole scene starts to finish. He bashes the fly with his hand. He starts eating it. And, like, yep. He's doing this extended metaphor about watching things and what they eat and all this shit. Like. Yeah. Oh, uh, and then what about how Billy, you know, he, he basically thre- he threatens, threatens his life. He tells him, you know, you, you know, whatever he says, like, do it a third time and I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jack Nicholson in his crazy, <laughs> like, off-center, <laughs> like, whatever motions that he's doing, he's either taken aback or he's confused. He's also impressed and he drops the gun that has under the table, which he then picks up and holds <laughs> to Billy. And he's just, he's got this glazed over look on his face. And I don't know what any of it means. But it's great. Like, and that's it's just pure Jack Nicholson. Well, you know what it is? It's the ultimate representation of the fact that both Costello and Jack Nicholson are unhinged. <laughs> and probably on copious amounts of coke. Uh, he grabs from a huge bowl of cocaine an entire handful of cocaine, throws it like a snowball at the bed, and says, don't get up until your face is done. Yes, and he also has a tremendous amount of eyeliner on in that scene, and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> Does he really? I don't think I've ever seen Well, it's that. just, it's not like he's wearing eyeliner. It's the it's the makeup artist. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's just, it, it's it's too much. <laughs> but the, uh, there's... I just it, can't imagine being in a position where I could just scoop a handful of cocaine and throw it at something and then tell someone to go do what survived that cloud of cocaine. Yep. The, but the those unhinged Jack Nicholson scenes are great. So there's that one. There's the one where he comes out of the back room covered in blood. No explanation. What? Up to his elbows. Up to his elbows, yep. And it, no explanation. Billy, you can go home. I don't need you tonight. We got the new guys. Talking Just to casually guys. washing his hands, telling him. Yeah. And then he goes, come back with me. We're going to need a mop. <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened in that back room? <laughs> and then when when Billy goes and calls the queen, and he's like, he doesn't he actually say he's unhinged? Yes, <laughs> he's just like he's he's like, he's freaking out, which you know, rightfully so. <laughs> it's terrible. The whole scene is horrible. And uh, the other the other one, really great one, is when he's when Billy goes to Costello's place, and uh, you know he's having coffee, and Costello sits down. He's I think he's eating lobster, but he's taking he's got a plastic bag with a person's hand in it yes and he's just talking to billy but he's taking the hand out and he's kind of gesturing with it while yeah, he takes the ring the off hand as his own hand to gesture and use oh with. my goodness it's like crazy. i think he even takes the hand and uses it to point at him to like yep. add emphasis oh, it's so silly but and also he's like, he's like lovingly like examining the hand yep and then just hands the hand to french and says make sure that his wife gets the ring that was on the hand. So creepy. He's so creepy. Oh, so actually, what's great about that scene, too, is because that's what, like, when, when he really realizes how real everything is, and he runs in the other room and takes the wire he's wearing. And oh, yeah. And the pool, and Dignam goes, wow, you think he, he got it <laughs> that quick? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. There's, there's one, one character we haven't touched on at all. Uh... Alec Baldwin. Yep. He's great in this. He's very, so very funny. Very limited screen time, but entertaining. 
every yeah, but every every minute he's on screen is is a, is fantastic. One like from the minute when he's giving the briefings in the room and he's just cracking jokes, basically about the dead people that are on screen. It's yeah. just it's just so morbid, but also just so silly. And the scene where he casually asks the guy who didn't put the cameras on the back to, ca- to, ha- to come walk with to me, come and talk have to a him. word with him, and then just Beats beat him up. It's, it's it's great. <laughs> he's just he's 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 unhinged, but because he's like overworked and out of it. Well, you can imagine you keep throwing yourself at this situation over and over again, and every time you think you haven't did to rights, he just throws up the middle finger and gets away. Right, and it's like just how stunningly incompetent they were in that. <laughs> well, they have him dead to rights. Everything ready to go. <laughs> who the hell is this guy? I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. Yeah, <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> dictum, right? Yeah. <laughs> so good. I forget. I meant to look it up too. I forget the line, but the whole exchange he has with the FBI guy, uh, who is another Wahlberg, actually. Um, and he's like, you know, he says something about, you know, how's your mother? She's tired. She's fu- she fine. She's tired from fucking my father. You know, yeah, yeah. Slightly back and forth. And then he has that great line at the end of it, you know. He says, uh, "He says, oh, when are we going to get access to your informants?" And he goes, "He goes, I treat my FBI agents like I treat my like I treat mushrooms. Keep them in the dark and feed them shit, and then just wipes <laughs> the screen and cuts." <laughs> that's actually that's a good uh, a good segue there. There's a lot of great cuts like that in this movie. There's just like like just the swipe out at just the right moment. Like just like it's like the punctuation on the joke in most of the cases, like that. Then there's also the the really cool. It's like that pinhole zoom in, zoom out. It's very like um, I want to say seventies is when I remember seeing that, like seventies films. Like they they do like the circle opening, wide and like yeah, they, most, most of the times that happens on a uh, Sullivan's character, which is I don't know if there's a like a a meaning behind that or not. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, the other one. There's a lot of zoom cuts, well, not cuts, I guess, but just zooms into people as they as some, they say something or something they realize something that'll happen throughout the movie. So one of my favorite ones, though, is the <laughs> Sullivan goes, "What was his name?" The Departed, and it zooms in on his face, and I was like, as if, like if they just didn't have the the prelude sequence earlier where they put the Departed on the scene, they should have just thrown it on the screen at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and no, it would have been it. perfect. Yeah, exactly. In the in the Family Guy style. Oh, he said it. <laughs> Sorry, you know, I just backtrack quick. I forgot another one of my favorite stupid lines. One one that I use all the time because it's a generic line that can be used. And I use it on people all the time, and no one ever seems to get it uh, unless I explain it to him. Because I've done it to Dominic about four hundred times, and now he gets it because I've explained it to him before. Um, I think actually that was when the FBI guy asks him Dignam about. The, he, he says, do you have anyone in Costello's operation? He says, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe go fuck yourself. I love <laughs> that. <laughs> I use that all the time when people ask me a question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. The uh, Let's talk about Queenan for a second. I, I texted you last night that Queenan is a gem. Yes. And if anybody has an over-the-top accent in this movie... It's Martin Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's co-op. 
<laughs> to him. And it's it's just nuts. But he's <laughs> he he's I feel very I feel safe when Martin Sheen is on screen in that movie. Well, until, yeah, he's very paternal. And... Until he's flying off the roof of a building. Yeah, no, uh, you know, that was a pretty shocking scene, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, you know, you figure maybe they rough him up or whatever, but it's like, you can't go just murder the captain of the police. Like, they knew who he is. Right. Like, you right. can't just go do that. The, uh... Also, like, I never thought he was coming out of that scene dead because, like, they, they, you just can't kill that guy. Right. He seems like he's off limits. Like, bad enough if you just kill a cop, but, like, that's, like, crossing a line, murdering a police captain. Right. And they just throw him off the roof, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and that that's actually leads to, like, one of the great setups of the movie, like, where you find out that this other guy was also an undercover uh-huh. cop with the, uh, you know, set, uh, giving the, uh, the wrong address to see if the right guy shows up. Actually... No, he did it. It was unintentional. It sorry, he's not on the cover cop. He finds out. He he finds out about Billy. No, he was an undercover cop. No, I thought that too. I'm not certain that that's the case. No, he is. He wasn't. The Queen Anne and all of them are in the Massachusetts State Police. He was in the City of Boston Police. Oh, okay. That. That's why they didn't know about each other because when the story comes on the news. It, they say it's been confirmed by Boston PD. It was a different organization. Right, but if you... I, what what made me not certain that that's actually the case is there's the scene after that where Frank says uh, they're just saying that the cop was killed so that we think that we know who it was. No, 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 no. He said they're saying he's a cop. If there's a cop, then I don't have to look for a rat anymore. He calls off the search after that. No. Yeah, they don't do any more searching after that. The end of the movie starts coming pretty quick after that. Then the movie comes quick, but he does say he's the. No, he says I'm, he goes the search is off. He goes they're saying he's the he's the rat. Then I'm not looking for a rat. That's what he says. No, he's saying they say he's the rat so that I won't be looking for a rat. No. That's how I heard it last. No, time. I'm gonna have to go watch idiot, that again. One of the idiot goons is like, "That can't be true. Is that true?" He said, "They're saying there's a cop, so I believe that he's a cop. I'm not looking or something like that." Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. they call it off because after that, it's Colin that reaches out and finds Billy, and they have the final, the final confrontation is like ten minutes later. I'm, I'm gonna have to go and rewatch that scene because I definitely heard it the other way last night. It was the it was the other guy, the idiot who they gets arrested. <laughs> when I say hide the body in the marsh, <laughs> I, I mean hide it in, in the, the marsh. marsh. <laughs> Don't laugh! Don't laugh! Oh man, that is so great. And even him, the dumbest of them all, is like you know, the, the cop. That was excessive. We 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 were too hot on the cop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's the one who realizes. Oh, maybe we shouldn't have thrown the fucking police captain off of the fucking roof. Right. Oh man, oh, this movie is so good. I actually want to rewatch it, and I just saw it last night. I, I, I don't think I've ever not put it on if I saw it was on and I wasn't like watching something determinedly. That's fair. The I love the movie so much. 
I just the uh, the Dignum gets into a couple of fistfights here and there throughout the movie, and it's just it's just so spot on with his character. Yeah, well, he says, uh, "I need those. Uh, I need that that password." And he goes, "Oh, you know, I forgot it, but I got it down in my car. You want to meet me out there?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> and then he punches him in the face. So silly. Here's a question. If Billy didn't leave, would Sullivan have let him go? Um Yes. He would have. That's how I that's how I saw that. Because too. he didn't know who he was. But when Billy leaves, that's how he knows that Billy knows it's him. Well, that's how Colin knows that Billy knows it's him. The whole point is he wanted him gone and out of sight because the whole thing was he wasn't going to stay a cop. They were going to terminate his contract, pay him out his whole bonus, and then he was free to go. He was no longer going to be a cop. So he would have had no reason to stick around and think about who the rat was. Right. Because he wants to interview him to see if he knows, and he's like, yeah, I have no interest. Like, my job is done. Yeah. I want the fuck out of here. He was going to let him go because – Filing the paperwork, getting him out of sight was the safest thing for him. I agree. It just sucks so much. That's not how it goes down. But I also, I also admire like the character for trying to settle this. He tried to do what's right. He's always trying to do what's right. Right. Which is does funny. He, but does he want to be a cop, or does he want to be perceived as a cop? Yeah, that was a great. That the, there's so many great conversations, especially early in the movie and stuff like that, where he says, you know. You know, do you want to be a cop or do you just want to, like you said, be yeah. perceived as a cop? And, and Dignam has the line where he's like, you know. You're no cop. <laughs> yeah, well, both of them are saying, you know, you're not a cop. Um, and he's saying, you know, oh, you know you're, there's nothing about you that's real. You know, when, I bet you had different accents when you visited your father on the weekend versus yeah. when you visited your mother or whatever. And um, he throws in the line from Nathaniel Hawthorne. <laughs> he says, you know, families are always, you know, living and dying in America or whatever. And Queen is the one who catches. He goes, "Who who said that?" And he says, uh, "And what's it?" He goes, "Ah, he's quoting Shakespeare." He goes, "No, it's not Shakespeare. Who is it?" He goes, "I'm Nathaniel Hawthorne." He goes, "Oh, what? We're not, Shakespeare's not good enough for you, or something like that?" Yeah. No. The, what, what, the way that goes down is he said, "Who said that?" He says Hawthorne, and then <laughs> Wahlberg goes, "He <laughs> 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 goes, what's the matter? You don't know any Shakespeare?" <laughs> oh man. He's, uh, he says, yeah, he's like. Yeah, your SAT scores are ridiculous, isn't that? He goes, he goes. You're not a cop. You you should be a fucking astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, you could be anything you want. The only thing I know is that you're not a cop. Oh man, so good. You know, it's another great scene. It's the closing out of the movie with the rat walking. Oh, tremendous! Just, it's just so well done. Like, just a nice punctuation on the end of the story. Actually, it's funny, because that was literally, like, I watched, like, the last five minutes of the movie the other day, and I think my dad walked in right at the end of the movie, like, just a half a second before the rat scuttles across, and he's like, oh, I missed my favorite part, and he rewinds it 90 seconds to watch (laughs) Colin coming coming out of the elevator, (laughs) and my dad was like, I love how, like, you know, he thinks he's won, and like, even though he's completely lost, you know, no girl, no patriarch, no nothing. He's even, the little lady doesn't even like him. He's walking down the hall trying to pet the dog, and the lady pulls the dog yeah. away from him. <laughs> and then he gets fucking, and he says, that, you know, that's just a second where you don't think, you think he's going to get away with it all. 
And then he comes in and he kills him. And he goes, I love it. Just watch the last, watch him walk down the hall, get rejected, try to pet the dog, and then get shot by Mark Wahlberg and the rat come across. <laughs> there, that scene, the whole sequence is perfect, except for him putting the hat on after he shoots him. Yeah, that's probably true. I think he just got bored while he was sitting there. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. It just seems, it's like, it's silly. Well, considering it's, it might be the most hair that Mark Wahlberg's ever had in a role. Fair. Um, he probably should be wearing that hairnet. They're not going to track that toupee back to him. <laughs> I'm like, it was so important for him to not leave footprints, but he could leave hair. Right. It's so stupid. Anyway, it's like, it's like it's like so perfect except for that. And that's why he's no longer a cop, and instead he's a bartender. The bartender. <laughs> World needs plenty of bartenders. <laughs> I actually I love that scene under the bridge where uh, Billy's getting all, you know, he's flustered and he's heated and he's he's pissed and he needs help and he wants out. And uh, it, again, he punches he punches uh, Dignam. Dignam. He decks him and uh, that's and he's just smiling after he gets punched in the face. But then uh, Queen is like. Get in the car. <laughs> he's like he's like diffusing the situation. Like guys, like as funny as a portion of this is, let's not forget how serious this whole thing is, and that literally anybody can see us right now, and we would be screwed. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the best part. He even think like he's not even concerned it's gonna escalate. Like he knows that there are two grown men who can handle himself. He he literally says, "If someone saw that, how could we not arrest you right now? Get in the fucking car." <laughs> okay. Actually, we didn't even really talk about. <laughs> you know, the chess master thing between Queen and and, and uh, Costello. And that one scene where Dignam and Costello meet with... Uh, sorry, Dignam and Queen and meet with Costello in French. Mm. And they get to trade... It's like the only time they get on screen together and they get to trade blows, verbal blows, you know. Where he's gonna... You know, what did your father... Francis, that's what your your father called you, right? And he goes... You know, he said, oh, no, he said, Francis? He goes, what your father called you, the Tuma... And that, that's actually a reference, I think, also to this mirrors in some ways the, the, the movie Black Mass, that that real story. Okay. They modeled the character after that guy, Whitey Bulger. Oh, interesting. Even though the story overall, they basically took that story and grafted it onto the real historical thing with Whitey Bulger in the 70s in Boston. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, he says he calls him, your father called you the Tuma. And he goes, what did your father call you again? Oh, that's right. Nothing. <laughs> no. Oh, that's right. He wasn't around. He wasn't around. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, fuck, man. Yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. He's like, you know, basically, you know, you know, with this supposed to have you, you, well, if you coulda, you woulda. Yeah. <laughs> he looks away. So good. Oh, man. Do you have any other, any other notes or thoughts? I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of like, I feel like we're leaving meat on the bone with this one like i don't know sure. like it's just there's so many like i said this like there's so many things that i can't well that's the thing there's only so much that we could actually recap but realistically the whole point of this episode is you if you've gotten this far you've seen this movie this is just a this is just your cue to go watch it again like just think about all these things while you're watching it think about all these relationships and all these one-liners and all these quips and just like how dire all of these situations are but then the like juxtaposed with the comedy that they throw into those scenes just to give you like that little bit of laughter so that you can get through them if if they take all of the jokes out of this movie 
you will either A, not get through it, or B, want to kill yourself. And it is just terrible. No, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's less, you know, it's not about, like, scenes per se or, or characters. We, we touched on those pretty well. It's just, like, there's so much, like, thematically and stuff like that. And plus there's just a million more one-liners we could riff on, you know, this yeah. and that. But no, it's just, like, these, like, these big things throughout the movie. It's just, it's, even though it's, like, a blockbuster type of movie, it's its own kind of work of art, right? You know what yep. I mean? Like, Scor- Scorsese is a master. Yep. Um, and... He has his genre. He's done a bunch of mob movies, and yet he still finds a way to make them not all the same movie. hmm Which could easily happen. Yeah. Right? I mean, you could, sure. if you watch this versus Goodfellas versus Casino or whatever, like, you know, they're all different movies. Yeah. So, so well done. I just, he's doing, I don't, I, I wish I had looked at this up beforehand. I had read a while back about him doing a Netflix original movie. Uh, is that what he's working on now? Because he had been on vinyl and that died. I, I just had no interest, honestly. I think this was like a, a Scorsese <laughs> classic on Netflix with his like old school cast. Let me see if I can Sorry, that's, that's all his production credits. He's got a billion production credits coming up. Um, oh, he did that movie Silence, which we never got around to seeing. Uh, the Irishman. Is that it? I think this is it. Let me see real quick. Martin Scorsese's next Netflix gangster film has an August ah. production start. Mob Hitman. <laughs> yeah. Recalls his uh, possible involvement with the slaying of Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, so another truish story. Right. Oh, look at that. Bobby Cannavale is in it. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, look. Robin De Niro is in that. Imagine it. <laughs> Imagine right. that. <laughs> right. Excited for that. We'll definitely be do- doing something. Oh, on look. That. Joe Pesci's in this. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, see, that's great. It's like it's just the classics in there, which is really cool. Uh, I'm excited to see another movie like that. Actually... We, you know, we can discuss some things that we have coming up for us, you know, because we have a few minutes. We don't have anything sure. made to discuss this. I don't know if the movie is supposed to be any good or not. I never heard of it before uh, yesterday, but there is a movie on Netflix that caught my eye, mostly due to the concept and the character and, and, and the actors and whatever, you know, the, the, the cast. Um, it's on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix movie because I never heard of it. It's called The Titan. Okay. It's got Sam Worthington. It's about, well, the, the synopsis reads, a military family takes part in a groundbreaking experiment of genetic evolution and space exploration. I think mm-hmm. they're trying to colonize the moon Titan. That's the moon of Saturn, I think, one of them. Okay. Um, so, it's, you know, I saw Sam Worthington and Tom Wilkinson were two of the main people I saw in the trailer. Uh, but there's other people, too. I think one of the little kids from that A Quiet Place is in it. Oh, interesting. Uh, Natalie Emanuel from... Um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones and the Furious movies. I like Tom Wilkinson. I do, too. Um, oh, the girl who's... I didn't realize this who that was. She looks familiar. Uh, I think she's the, like one of the main characters of Orange is the New Black. Uh... Taylor Schilling. Oh. Yeah, Piper. Yes, her. I just happened to see that 
I haven't watched it yet, but I just happened to see the, the trailer. Like, you know, that really annoying thing that Netflix does now where it's like, you're going to watch this trailer whether you want to or not. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but uh, but it's so I watched it for, you know, a minute or whatever, but I didn't see the whole thing. But well, 5 I'm, out of 10 uh, on IMDb, that's concerning. Oh, I didn't. I hadn't looked at any review or anything. I just saw it last night. So I was just intrigued by the cast and by the uh, the idea of it. That's the type of movie that I'm interested in. This, yeah. You know. Oh my god! User <laughs> reviews one story. One story. Wow. One star. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Ninety minutes of descending torture. <laughs> Fantastic. I wish you hadn't told me that because I kind of wanted to check this out whether it was good or not. <laughs> Well, I said to you, was it was it earlier today or yesterday? I said we should. Do a bad one. I, the way I said it was pretty funny too. That we should do an intentionally intentionally do a bad movie. Right. Not do an intentionally bad movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Actually, I'm, I'm noticing in the background here. You had mentioned the Logan Lucky. Was that one that you wanted to see? Uh yes. I think that's pretty readily available now. We could probably do one on that. Uh, I know you and I are very interested in doing a death of Stalin, so we're gonna have to see if we hang can on, find hang that. on a second, hang on. Was what caught your attention with Logan Lucky the fact that it's on the banner on top of IMDb? If you click on the Titan. Yeah, that's what I said. It's in the background of IMDb. I, yeah, I didn't realize you. I didn't like fully process that. Fuck you, internet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good on them. Yeah. So I um I saw the death of Stalin yesterday. You did. I did. And it is ridiculous. Oh yes, that's what I was hoping for. Okay, Everyone's I gotta, I gotta see now. this. We're movie. gonna, we're gonna try and do the Death of Stalin next week, assuming yeah. Anthony can see it. Um, I know you were gonna try and go one of these nights, but um, yep. hopefully you have time to do it in the next five days or whatever. If you're listening now, try and find the Death of Stalin. It has a somewhat limited release, but I know that some AMC theaters are doing. They have usually a ton of them. Like, they usually have a ton of screens. Um, try and find this movie. Um, if you're not sold on it, us just ooing an eye over it right now, go look up. I know I mentioned it a the couple trailer, episodes ago. Man. You gotta see this trailer. Go watch the Red Band trailer. It's that on, that's that on steroids. Like, oh, I can't wait. Um, it definitely, unfortunately, it does get a little bit too serious later in the movie. It's handled a pretty serious subject matter um and it's a very dark comedy but they i was cracking up through like at least the first half of the movie like um some of the most fucked up shit but the cast is ridiculous like it's worth the watch it's not even that long it's like barely over in an hour and a half like it's um i think the guy who directed it was um i think he's the guy who's who did veep armando Iannucci. okay um, yeah, I think he's, like, the creator of Veep. He wrote and directed this. So, if you enjoy Veep, it's all the ridiculous interactions between people scrambling for power, but, like, on steroids in this. Like, because it's, like, so much... And, like, the sight gags get even more... There's a scene where, like, all of them are just trying to get to the head of the queue. Spoiler alert, the movie's called The Death of Stalin. Stalin dies in the movie, you know... It's about him dying and all the people trying to seize power after he's dead, That's but done great. in the most like comedic, bureaucratic failure type of way. You know, where people are trying to basically fail their way to the top. Um, some of them are super incompetent, some of them aren't, and yet somehow they're still always like 
there's a scene where all of them try and get into the first part of the like the queue, and all the cars just get into this gridlock because they can't, none of them can get past each other. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's all dumb so just like that. It's it was it was an entertaining movie. I'm excited to watch it. I as soon as you share that trailer with me, I was on board. So yeah, no, it's um, it's good. Awesome. Um, so we'll do that soon. Maybe we'll do this Titan movie if we can both get on board with this shit storm that the movie apparently is. Why can't Netflix do good movies? I honestly don't know that I've watched a Netflix only movie. That's what I'm saying. I don't think I have either. Um, they've been making a bunch of them. A couple of them, the ones that were super serious, have been critically acclaimed. Mm. The ones that are more like this movie have all been trash. Like the Cloverfield Paradox was trash. Mm. From what I've heard. I still want to see that. Bright was trash. All of those Adam Sandler ones, like yeah, I don't know why. Like they do a lot of. I mean, they do a lot of trash TV, but they do a lot of really good TV shows. Why can't they do good movies? Good question. Let's we'll keep our eye on some Netflix stuff there. We'll also have uh, Super Troopers two coming up. Yep. We have Infinity War coming up. We have hopefully Deadpool Solo. Up. Deadpool Solo. This is going to be an action-packed two months of movies. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. We had a lot of stuff happening. It's gonna be great. I really, really need to see Death of Stalin though, because I am actually very excited for this movie. You've never, like, you may have seen, told me, I think that you've seen some of it, but you're not like into V, right? No, I've, I've like seen an episode or two. I think you and Kim would really like that. I think that's something you two could see, watch. I, I, from what I saw, I really enjoyed it, so I would definitely, I would definitely like to watch, watch it through. For the longest time, it was one of those shows where it's like, oh, I kind of want to see that. And like I watched five minutes of it, and like I never got around to it. It's like, oh, I gotta like catch up on that eventually. I finally did last year, leading up to the, the most recent season. Yeah. And the next season that comes out is gonna be the last one. Um, that's a really good show. <laughs> yeah. I have to check it out. Cool. Well, that's it for episode forty-one of Flicks in a Six. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to keep the conversation going, I'm at AEJ Costanzo on Twitter and Instagram. Al is at Alessandro B eleven eighty-seven. Be sure to check out our Flipboard magazine, FLI six. That's flicks to follow along with the stories we cover each episode. And as always, check back next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, cheers.